Good morning. It is a self-evident podcast. You got Mike. You got Massey. Yo, we got called out because Massey didn't do the face last time. So you guys didn't do the face. Massey did not do that. But now he is. All of his glory is before you. Love me. (laughs) (laughs) Please love me. (laughs) Welcome, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in. It is Monday morning. That's okay. We're going to get through it. We have another week. Get through it. Jeez. Like, like we're all just stressing out right now. Oh my God. We're gonna get through this. It's gonna be so difficult. Oh. The weight of the week bearing. You sound down like on a me. liberal woke person. Hey, the older generation has no clue how hard we have it. I I uh, I concur. I, I wanna I we, concur. We need to get one of those Gen Zers on who's complaining about how nobody knows how hard they have it. And I want, I want to hear them express and then, all of it. And then hopefully, well, we can't find, I don't know if there's any, any more world war two veteran survivors, but like, wouldn't it be cool to <laughs> get a world war two like, vet? Yeah, just, just sit here. Just let just him hold. Just let, let him talk. <laughs> and you know, he'll probably be compassionate. Right. Or she would, you know, and say, you know, everyone has their hardships, but, Shut up, peanut. You know, like, <laughs> suck it up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Were you ever 16 drafted or uh, went and volunteered for a war that, you I, know, bro, I think halfway across the world? I think one of my favorite memes is like 18 year olds today and they're like, you know, flipping out about how their Apple laptop won't turn on. And then 18 year olds back then, and it shows that picture of D Day. When they're, when they're in the transport, Utah, yeah, like, Utah, oh, Utah. Oh. it's probably my favorite meme of all time. Dude. <laughs> I mean, yeah, we all face hardships. I'm not, we're not trying to demean that you who have issues with your laptops, but we do want to say, suck it up. <laughs> well, no, this is something really cool. I was actually talking uh, to a coworker about this. This is the first generation we are fighting against comfort because most generations in the past, you know, Obviously, we've been pretty comfortable, but I feel like we've been we've been fighting to get to some level of comfort. And now that we have and now that it's so easy, now that it's literally at our fingertips, we we have to fight that comfort and rediscipline our lives. That's actually really wise. <laughs> Dang, like <laughs> I'm sitting here going. That got real deep real it fast. Did. We were, Boom. We, hey, we weren't ready for that. <laughs> we're so, we're so trying to, like, first off, I'm, I'm so like, wow. Like, because, you know, you want to respond. Someone's right. like, that's a good podcast, right? Like, or, or just at least a topic. Yeah. Of it. Like, dang, that he, he rolled all his big guns out in the first five minutes. <laughs> we're, we're still going, dude, we got our pea shooters in. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. right. Yeah, guys. Word of advice. Okay. Word of <laughs> advice. Not only should you get a producer like Easy E, if you're ever going to do a podcast like this, someone who actually loves what they do, <laughs> loves us. Yep. And, and, you know, or I'm sorry, love, not just loves, loves, loves us. Loves us. Loves Your you. first priority is no, to love yeah, us. Yeah, no. So to love you and, and your, what you're going to talk about. Right. But the second thing is never take four Tylenol PM before you go to bed. <laughs> I, I took four Tylenol PM last night because I was like, why not, liver? Take it. And <laughs> I will beat you was, into some you, know, you can hear me. I'm coughing a little bit, so I was yeah. trying to fight something. And, y'all, I had the most peaceful night of sleep, but I didn't hear an alarm. 
I heard these guys clunking around in the morning. Like, oh, I'm awake. I'm awake. <laughs> and, and it's because we do this at my house. And, uh, you know, my house is a kingdom. Okay. It's a palace. <laughs> it's got its own room. <laughs> For a podcast. No, I'm it's got one whole room. Yeah. That's all. I kick the kids out. They sit outside while we do the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, never take the tor- four talent off the end before you go to bed. It was, you it will was, not wake up. And was, I'm not like that. I'm usually up early, like right? at five. Wow. It was 6.50, and I, I was looking at Easy e saying, I may have to call I mean, I was up a little, up. just a little bit before oh, that, yeah. but it was like, jeepers. Man, I was out. So, you want good sleep? <laughs> Take a lot just of overdose on Tylenol PM. <laughs> Do not take medical advice this from us. Mess this is, we got to put, we gotta put so that on the bottom. Yeah, disclaimer. Yeah, yeah. Do not take medical advice from us. We're stupid. <laughs> Our disclaimer. We're stupid. Don't take medical advice from us. This is such a heartwarming message. <laughs> well, right after you did your little fighting creature comforts, yeah. I'm like, speaking of creature comforts, town on PM rocks. <laughs> That's my comfort food. Oh, <laughs> oh man. All right. So, hey, did you know that your colleges are awake now? (laughs) Related news. Woke colleges. Yeah. They're woken up. Colleges were sleeping for a long time and now they're awake. But they they were sleeping. They indeed took four times. Yeah, they took four times on LPM for years. (laughs) That's it. That's all we've got. That's Uh, really, hey, we're there. (laughs) So, we're going to talk today. Um, We thought it would be good to talk about kind of this epidemic of woke colleges is it true where is it coming from and it's important to understand what the mindset of your structures are and the mindset of your structures determines the flow of the society and the culture and so what you want to do is be able to understand where do they think and where are they coming from so that you know how to counteract it so we're going to get right into it and and this isn't starting from the beginning Because that gets way too deep. But we're going to start actually in 1989. So Poland had just thrown off the shackles of the Soviet Union. Okay, Uh, Their Marxist overlords were finally receding. Other nations were doing this. The New York Times, of all places, in 1989, wrote about college campuses becoming awash in Marxism. Which blows my mind. The New York Times actually did journalism at one time. No, but no. What they do is they put that article on page sixteen, bottom corner, right? So they could say we reported on it. Hey, we, we told you about so this. We, we we did a piece on it. Remember, it was at midnight when everyone was sleeping, and we just did a five minute piece on it, right? You know, and then they signed off, "Long live Stalin." Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know, yeah. They called everybody comrade, but kidding. I'm kidding, Carl. Jeez, is he though? But am I? You'll never. So the author of this article, Felicity Berenger, wrote, As Karl Marx's ideological heirs in communist nations struggle to transform his political legacy, his intellectual heirs on American campuses have virtually completed their own transformation from brash, beleaguered outsiders to assimilated academic insiders. So even in 1989, they were noticing Marxist intellectual thought had really become concrete in all the American universities. Now, the thing was, 
being an orthodox Marxist. This is where people will say that I was reading an article that was talking about Marxism isn't in all the universities because, hey, uh, Karl Marx's works and Engels works, the people using those is down, blah, blah, blah. But here's the problem. Orthodox Marxism focusing on economics wasn't popular anymore. Eugene D. Genovese, an eminent Marxist academic, said there are a lot of people who don't want to call themselves Marxists. 1989. So, so, but with that, I don't think people realize. So, so, let me let me just tell you. Let me to, to, to preface this. Let's get on a roll here with with what happens when we talk about certain certain ideologies. When we put out a video about socialism, mm -hmm. I've been getting a lot of comments on the shirt we have. Socialism, yeah, skills destroyed, yeah. right? And I went back and forth. I think you saw some of those comments. Yeah. But I've had this many times where people are like, dude, socialism is not governmental. Socialism is just an ideology. And what I'm trying to get them to understand, I understand what you're saying. It's an ideology. I totally understand that. But it's unenforceable without government. Mm -hmm. Somehow someone has to enforce that. You've never seen a truly socialistic society where the people got together themselves, had a social compact, you know, shook hands together, and they're going to redistribute their own wealth. It typically comes in the form of government. And this dude could not understand it. So he started to say in the book of Acts, or I'm sorry, uh, in the book of Acts claims Jesus yeah, was. Because he was saying Jesus was a socialist. And, and we talk about this. We, we, we have a whole class on it, how we debunk that stuff. And he kept saying, dude, he literally told his people, you cannot enter the kingdom of God if you don't sell your possessions and give to the poor. I was like, no. What he said was those who are rich, and that's what they're attached to, right? That's where their hearts are. They're idolatrous towards it. It's best to sell it off, like he told the rich young ruler. But the problem that we're having is it's it's they have now the, the socialists of today don't realize the dangers of Marxism. They don't realize how far Marxism has gone into the trench. And it's now used as deceit, right? To to to, to say, no, Jesus did this. We should do this as a society. No, we don't want it governmental. That's just like the whole uh, 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 critical race theory and all these other things. We don't really teach it on college campuses, you know, and all that stuff. And yet, do you want to know how I know we're teaching that kind of stuff today? When you're, when you're, this is not an excuse on what happened. I haven't seen the, the video of what happened to this kid in, what was it, Tennessee? Where, where was it? This, I don't know that I know about this. This, this uh, young African-American kid was killed, black kid. By the cops? By the cops. Or? Okay. But yeah. they, were, they were all black, all five black. Yeah. And now they're saying those cops were driven Racist. by racism. Ouch. And it's like, that's how you know this is being taught. That's how you know, because you got a bunch of college kids now feeding into this ideology, saying that these black cops somehow felt white. They took on whiteness, and then they were racist to beat this kid up. Do you see how deceived people are now? Because now that all that th these last few generations have been taught this kind of ideology. Everything's racism. Anything bad that happens, just obey the media, right? What I'm saying here is, people don't realize how deep Marxism goes and then they masquerade it. They don't even realize that they're Marxist, right? They masquerade this whole thing, CRT, communism, socialism, whatever. And they mask it and say, look, we've never really succeeded in other countries. We need to help one another. And when they say all that stuff, all they're looking for is the words of Jesus. That kid is crying out for us to be like Jesus, right? Right. Look what they're doing though. They're using satanic methods to get what Jesus already told us to do. Right. And I, I watched that conversation. I thought about jumping into it, but it was like, eh, it, it's dead. I'll leave it behind. So I'll talk about it here. But here's, here's a little side note. When people say Jesus was a socialist because Acts 2 church, 
if you notice, that was the only church that freely gave up their possessions in order to give away. You didn't see that with any of the other churches. That's a great point. Why is it? This is, if you want to look at scripture, you have to make sure you're not majoring in minors. Christ said at one point that the rich man should give up his possessions. If everybody needed to give up all of their possessions in order to get saved, would that not be the trumpet call from Christ? Wouldn't he be saying to everybody, you better give up all your possessions, otherwise you can't follow me. Everybody better give up their... No. To one person in one instance. Because he was going to the heart issue. But back to the churches. Notice, church in Galatia, Ephesia, Ephesus, yeah. Uh, Ephesus, yeah. Like all of those churches, you notice Paul was not hammering, you better give up all your possessions. Why haven't you guys given up everything you own yet? You better give it all up because, you know, Jesus tells you, you all have to that. be broke. Thank you for right? that because this is a common thing that people do. They take an anomaly scripture and right. make a whole doctrine out of it. Like right. Jesus flipped tables. So therefore, every Christian should flip tables yeah, whenever like, anything's being sold. Dude, I'm going in there and flipping tables. You have no idea why Christ was doing that. You have no clue. Yeah, he made his, they made his father's house a den of thieves, right? But it's like he went into the synagogues every day to teach. Right. Every single day he was going into the synagogues and teaching and casting out demons and all this other stuff. Then he goes out and sees this crap that happened. Okay, he got it, right? He, he was at that point. But you have never done that. You have not gone in daily. Do you have your own church? Or are you the one teaching at your church? Right. You know what I mean? There's so much to this like doctrine. I'm not saying we don't have righteous indignation and anger. Dude, I got it all the time. But I'm not going in there trying to flip everyone's tables and say, I'm coming in here to flip tables. Do you think Jesus had the mentality to walk up to the synagogue and say, I'm going to flip their tables? Like he had an attitude about it. Right. No, he showed up there. He saw something that disgusted him. And that's how he did it. That's how he reacted. Right. So we take these anomaly scriptures and say, that's what real Christianity does. And it's like, have you omitted the fruit of the spirit? Because Christ did that with the fruit of the spirit. What he was saying at that time was, I will not let my father's house be desecrated. Boom. Right there. Right. His whole intention was not to get one up over on those guys and to go in there and flip tables. I, I got the authority to flip table. We're, we're missing Christianity here. I'm serious. Yep. Like no. one of the problems we have is, we're trying to do what Paul did, what, what Christ did, right? You have no idea in their understanding in their heart and why they did it. That's the center of legalism. It is. That is absolutely the center of legalism because we look at the Pharisees and say, oh, they were all legalistic because they just they overdefined the law. And that's what, no, 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 no. What Christ was pointing to exactly was the heart issue. Dude, Christ was always at the deeper level than we are. So no matter what we, if you begin to build a doctrine of every rich person must give up their possessions, you have now become legalistic because you've done away with the heart and you've decided the action is what determines whether or not you're righteous. Right. And because it's such a good point. You just said it before. How come that was the only time it ever happened? Dude, you know who should have flipped tables in a church after writing them a letter? Colossians. I'm sorry, Corinthians. Paul, dude, right. they're sleeping with each other's wives, bro. Right. You're making my father's house a den of thieves. Y'all are crazy. How, I taught you not like don't do that. Don't fall after the system of the world. You know what should have been flipping tables? Paul. Right. In that church. And he didn't. You know what he did though? He goes, okay, I ain't even with you, y'all. And y'all are messing up. St that's stupid. What, what, who told you to do this? Like, this is paganism. What happened? No, he went and corrected Hebrews. Right? right, he went in there and he corrected this the, the snot out of him. 
because they needed to get back on track. He did it out of love, though. If you look at that whole letter, it's beautifully penned through a rebuke. Right. Right. So what? And, and I'm not trying to get off a, no, a tangent no, no, no. here, this but I love good. what this but I love good. what you said. We can't make a doctrine out of an anomaly. We can't make a doctrine out of it. Right. Do not major in the minors. Right. 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 That's a great that's a great word <laughs> because <laughs> I, and, and, and you're right. It was written for a reason, I think, to show us different aspects of of, of God. like um, who was it? What was the guy? The, the guy, Philip, what he transported to go meet the unit. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's it's what a cool thing to be demonstrated by the power of God. And it happened in the Old Testament, right? In the, the transfiguration, mm -hmm. all that stuff. But it's like, okay, that, there, that's a couple of instances. It's like, Lord, I want to look into that. Is that possible right. to be transfigured? You know, right. what uh, Elijah being taken up, yeah. you know, to, it, and so, so those, those instances happen. Transfiguration. That's not an anomaly. Okay, there's several spots in history. So I'm thinking, okay, what, what does that look like? And if you're not, if you're freaking out, don't be. Okay, the power of God is greater than what you ever thought about. So this whole thing about demons and witches and floating and flotation, dude, the power of God can not only overdo that, but God's not in the business of magic. God's in the business of destroying their idols, okay? And his power is against the demonic. And the demonic only counterfeits what God's already done. So if you're seeing things like satanic ritualism and they're, they're doing all this other stuff and uh, floating and all this other crap, trust me when I say this, that God has already not only beyond that, they're doing that to show the people you, you want to sign. Here it is. I'll float a little bit. Look and how yes, powerful I am. Yeah. And, and listen to me. I have friends and I have uh, cousins and pastors who have seen it with their eyes. And so have I, I've seen the demonic. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, and it's funny because we get freaked out by the demonic because it's something we haven't seen before. And all Satan is doing is counterfeiting what God does. Mm -hmm. So in other words, God's already way beyond that. And here's Satan say, I'm going to pluck off this little bit of string cheese and feed it to the people. You watch. They're going to be mesmerized by my power. And here's God saying, no, I have all authority. Right. Right. So back to this point, I think that the issue we're having, uh, like you said, is the, 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 the anomaly and, and how dangerous these people, not just in colleges, okay, their fathers, what they took up, this teaching, right? We used to be so against Marxism and socialism and communism in this country. We used to be we used to talk about it in big speeches. Yeah. And now it's like an accepted ideology, which, by the way, if you were just to sit back as an American, just think for a minute. What kind of system of government do we have? What's this, what's the system of government we have? Constitutional Republic. Right. Why is socialism even brought in the conversation? Right. It should be thrown out and illegal. We're not a democracy. We are not a socialism. So your party has to get out. of It doesn't align with its constitution unless you want to destroy it. And to your point, and this kind of mirrors that conversation that you're having on YouTube. If you wanted socialism as a heart condition of the people, so be it. But that's not how it ever ends up. It's never just the people as a heart condition go, hey, we want to freely give and, and we'll put all of our stuff in. It always comes with government force. Always. The government always has to put itself in the center of all of that. Because guess what? The government's not in the center of it and the government's not enforcing it. It's called goodwill. You know, you know how we know that? Just look at what happened with these big BLM riots and all the money that came in for that and all this other stuff. Right? And look what they did with it. Did they distribute to the poor? Heck no. Dude, dude. And they're 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 all trained Marxists. Yes. <laughs> they're all trained socialists. 
all are equal, but some are more equal than because, others. <laughs> because what happens when power, when, when outrage mixes with power, it always ends up where the person that struggles with that is going to be at the top. And I know better than all of you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a power you, struggle. <clears throat> I don't mean to be disrespectful, but you who are submitted to it are weak and they know it. And they know it. And they know they can get one up over on you. And they don't care. Useful idiots. They, seriously, we didn't say that. That's actually what Stalin and them called you. Useful idiots. I don't want to say that because I, th- I know what he meant. If you look at the idiot word in its pure term, it really means a person who cannot think for themselves. So they're Ignorant. useful. Yeah, They're useful. Just throw them out. Dude, you're, you're pawns in their game if you're a socialist. You're pawns. They don't care about you. Paul and I were talking about that yesterday. The intelligentsia you know they tend to be the ones that push forward marxism and all of that yet when a true uh communist dictator comes to power guess who are the first people that get wiped out the intelligentsia you became the useful idiots to usher in the thing that will kill you yep because what happens with intelligence and and intelligentsia people or those who are intelligent what happens is once you see a power struggle take over like what you just ushered in you want to go find the antidote Right. They're going to sh- they're, they're going to crush you. You will get wiped out because they can't have the people who fomented the revolution because those people know how to foment a revolution against you. That's right. So in order to consolidate power, guess what happens? A guy like Stalin goes, well, now I need to wipe out anybody who helped me get to the top. That's right. Because they could take me out. Are you hearing this? You who are in woke colleges and, and I hope we make clips of this stuff and we get the comments. I'm good. I want you to know you who are in academia right now. When, when you love the socialism like you're saying you do, just know this. The systems you're trying to destroy will eventually destroy you, the person behind, behind you. The ones who you're fighting for will eventually come behind you and destroy you because you're not doing it righteously. You're doing it lying about people, calling people racist, calling people homophobes and bigots and all these other things. And Jesus never taught me to do those things. Jesus taught me to love. But Jesus has a standard, okay? Jesus Christ is the way to heaven. And, and you may hate that. You may say that's bigotry, that's hatred, that's this and that. I'm telling you, the more that you decry that on other people, it will be done to you. Because lies cannot keep up lies. Right. Once you lie for someone else to get some kind of authority and power, I promise you it's coming to you. Look, just, just look at history. How do you think Hitler died? To you who are conspiracy theorists, died. <laughs> just threw it out there. Right. I, I believe he's, he was still alive. Right. So, so, so I, I, you, you're a pawn in the scheme of this game, mm-hmm. right? And then you'll say to me, well, you're a pawn for this God or a pawn for this God stuff. No, I'm a servant of God and I'm his son. And it's a big difference. I do things out of benevolence and love. I don't force people to believe in God. I don't force you to, 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 to come to, to Christ. I'm not throwing my standard on you. That, this is the standard of Christ that we hold. And you who are transgender, gay, all this other stuff, you can be redeemed. You can be. There is redemption for you. You have to recognize all your sins before God, not before man. Who cares about man? man? What kind of standard do I have against you? Dude, I'm terrible inside without Jesus. But you can be redeemed from the sin you've committed. And it's through Jesus Christ, someone else who paid the fine for you. See, the very thing you're looking for, someone else to pay for my fine, someone else to pay for my things, Jesus already did. Except he's going to transform me, not to a socialist, but to a, a spirit-filled, born-again Christian. And someone who's born of the spirit will do it out of a pure heart, not out of a heart of gain. Something that they're, they're unfair, so therefore they have to give it to me. That's not how God works. 
and he's not he's not a he's not a selfish individual all this other stuff god is god and he, he deserves to be worshiped right and the more you fight it proves to me that you know the truth the more you fight against god the more i know you're 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 you're, you're uh you know it's the truth you're just rebelling the more people fight against god i'm like you, you know this right you totally know this random thought but i'd be curious to look at the numbers uh dollar amounts of how much how much socialists actually donate to charities and nonprofits outside of political activism hmm. true nonprofits and charities and all of that here's why i say that because so often what is a socialist trying to do tell other people what to do with their money how rare is it do you find that like socialist that is there down at the soup kitchen every single week, right? And giving everything they've got that they earn themselves out to other people. How often is it? No, the rich should be giving more to me. It's a system of greed. Wow. It's a system of greed. Now you can say capitalism is a system of greed, but at least capitalism pits greed against itself because what it says is, I want this. You want that. Let's figure out how we can both get what we want. Yeah. Right. Wow. No, I'm not saying that the capitalism is perfect by any means, but force is in socialism. Capitalism at least gives you the opportunity of voluntary yeah. association. Socialism, communism, also sort of cloaks itself under the guise of benevolence. Right. Mm -hmm. That's that's capitalism is a is a is a good thing. Free market stuff. But it, like those who are corporatists clothe themselves as a capitalist. Right. Those who want greed will turn the capitalist system into a greedy market. It's the same thing with government. Government and its pure purpose was supposed to only secure my rights. But now we're doing it under the guise of we're doing, trying to do good. So we're going to stop you from owning a gun. We're going to stop you from driving too fast. We're going to stop you from having these cars because it's killing the environment. Because, look, we're doing good. Not realizing you're literally being fettered and shackled. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens. These socialists, I think what you want is good, the benevolence to give to other people, but it never, ever happens. And why does it have to be put into a whole system? <laughs> Go change hearts. Go change hearts. Oh, yeah. That's goodwill. But at the end of the day, how concerned are you about goodwill and how concerned are you about engineering society in order to, to fulfill the values that you say you have? Dude, and not only that, you who are socialists, right? Gosh, I'm sorry. We're spending a lot of time on this because we got to get into this topic. You who are socialists, what is the standard? Or will you, what, what kind of standards will you use to give this money away that you so want dearly, right? You're not just giving it away to every Tom, Dick, and Harry. You're just going to run out of money, right? Mm -hmm. What's Do you have standards? And if that, that standards are, are upheld in there, is it truly socialism? Or is it just government control? Like right. you're controlling the system. You're not just going to come. Someone says, I need a million dollars, man. I want to go do this, dude. I want to go like start a business. You're gonna be like, dude, you, you can't even pull your pants up. Like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give you money, no. right? But didn't you just become the authoritarian in their life by doing that? You see what I'm saying? What's the standard to give the money away? Redistribution. Seriously, you're just gonna give it to people no, with no check? It's never worked for you. It's never worked in your system. That's why there's hierarchy in socialistic countries and communist countries. Yeah, hierarchy will come yeah. through no matter. Well, no, what. you got to fill out an application. If you don't do that, you're not gonna get the money. You just became the hierarchy in their life. See what I'm saying? It's you determine who gets money it's or the not. Power struggle. They don't get this. That's what's so crazy, right? Yeah. They're like, well, those standards are bad and too much this and too many rules. You will end up doing the same thing. And I, <clears throat> hey, if you want to put Italian Marx's box, 
you could argue that he was right about there is always a struggle, a, a power struggle going on in society one way or another, you know, and, and this, this kind of aligns us back into where we're at of Marx always talked about power struggle. Now he always talked about it in terms of class struggle. So rich versus poor, I'm, I'm skipping the, the sets of wokeism. So this is more on page two. Um, he talked about these, these power struggles going on. And he was talking about stuff like rich versus poor bourgeoisie versus proletariat, right? The haves, the have nots, all of it's just been transferred into different language. Think about everything you hear coming out of wokeism. You know, back page one, you have intersectionality. How identity, which Marx was very big on classifying and identifying people, putting them into groups, whether you're rich or poor, whether you're bourgeoisie or proletariat, right? So it intersects. Oh, I'm, I'm this, but I'm also this, but I'm also this. Isn't it funny that there's always a struggle between each of those identity That's markers? That's exactly right, because divide and conquer, baby. Divide and conquer. So you, easily winnable. White privilege, black versus white. Systemic racism, again, black versus white or color versus color. Oppression, rich versus poor, powerful against powerless, haves against have-nots. Wokeism speaks in the language of struggle, the language of power. Isn't it funny that you're so obsessed with power because at the end of the day, what you actually want is power. Truth. You just want to be the one in power and you realize you're not. Well, yeah. And, and, and the, the perpetual struggle is what they want you to feel. So like black people, you're always, always going to be under racism. And you know what? We have to fight that. We have to fight all this. And again, when we talked about that boy earlier, I'm, I don't know what happened fully. I don't know how they beat him or what, what all this other stuff. So I'm not justifying it. What I'm saying is you're going so far as to say these black individuals were racist against their own people, right? Have you ever claimed that a white person was racist against a white person? You who are always decrying racism. You see what I'm saying? Like your, your, your theories go out the window when you start applying it in ways and then people won't even question it, unfortunately. And, and how easy it is to assign heart motive to somebody else. Yeah. So they're exactly, exactly. Yet they don't want you to judge them right. as a Christian. You can't judge me. But you've literally done that because the media said some some boy died, some some young man died by the hand of cops. You have no clue what happened. Well, we saw body footage. What, 10 seconds of it? What happened through the whole thing, right? I know I'm going to get called insensitive and all that stuff. It's fine. But even this, the constant show of struggle in America, which America is supposed to be united under the Constitution, Americans. But we've now put ourselves above that. Right. It's like that law, first off, is old, disgusting, hit. Look up, uh, look up the communist goals, you know, in, in the in, in the 60s. And then it bled into this where it's like now we're constantly being pinned against each other, like us, not not in churches. You know, we just don't have enough mix in our churches. We just don't have enough people of color in our churches. Hey, have you seen an all black church before? Who's bothering them? That's what I want to know. Is that a diverse church? And, if and, so, you've just given away the whole game. And you have. But the second thing is, isn't it based on cultures? Like, dude, I've been to many black churches. I used to, I grew up in a Spanish church, right? Right now, we're, 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 we're a church that's very diverse, praise God, and it's getting more and more and more diverse. Mm -hmm. But it's like, nobody's turning these people away at the door because it's like, you know, you just don't fit our mold. No, it's cultures. I know a lot of white dudes who, who love the black church, but the music's crazy, and they, yeah. they do two hours of singing. They don't want to go to that. They want, <laughs> they, they want, there's a comedian, uh, I forget his name, and he's like, man, he goes by, he goes, 
what did he say? He goes, church starts at 10 by 10.30. We're at IHOP eating our breakfast. That was white right. church, right? Yeah. Black church, he goes, it's like, man, I'd start 1 o'clock in the afternoon. He goes, all of a sudden, they do another pass the offering at 4. And then at 6 p.m., <laughs> they do another pass the offering. And it was funny, but he was like, that, that's, how, that's how it happens in most black churches. To your point, uh, my brother and his wife went to a, a predominantly black church one time because they were looking for a new church or whatever. And they said they loved it, but that was kind of, that was the thing for them was, we we don't have five hours to spend at church <laughs> on a Sunday, you know. Like, Which, it, praise God, they do it, right? Dude, and that's more that's power awesome. to your yeah. culture. Five hours, shoot, man. White people, we're like we're sissies. No, well, it's, I'm not a it's, white guy. It's twelve oh five, and we're supposed to be out of here by twelve. <laughs> Let's wrap this up, Pastor. You know, yeah. <laughs> and Mexican churches are the same. I mean, dude, you do a, a campaign, a revival, or whatever, bro. You're talking six, seven hours. I mean, yeah. it's it's a long time. And dude. They're all praying and worshiping and all this other stuff. I've brought friends to those things, and they're like, bro, we're going to get out of here soon, man. I got like, I got to go play baseball, you know? Do you think when <laughs> Paul was preaching, it was a white guy who fell asleep and fell out the window? Dang. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> or a guy but, that had a lot of Tylenol PM. Yeah. <laughs> but that, and it's, it's so strange to me that, the white church is the only one that the finger gets pointed at. You're not diverse enough. Right. Because I, it, it's a constant struggle. Right. Because the majority of people in America are of white descendancy. Right. Right. So it's a constant. They have to keep showing the struggle. Right. And these NBA players are doing it. Like, you know, everything's a struggle. Choose love, racism, and racism, all this other stuff. And it's like, you are the example of how, what it takes to make it. Mm-hmm. So instead of like getting pissed off that we still have a struggle, show people you don't have to be in struggle. You can do what I did. Right. You know what I mean? go apply yourself and look what can happen to you but they don't do that you know they they don't do that they got to keep the struggle alive because it makes the money do you realize the revolution in cuba is still going on huh they still talk about revolution the revolution never ends communist never revolution marxist revolution never ends and that's what people don't realize is feminism the war is bigger than ever for the feminists yet everybody else is kind of looking at going i I mean what's left yeah (laughs) like you pretty much picked the meat off the bones here yeah kill all men is really the next logical step (laughs) in all of this you know and and the revolution never finishes because guess what they need you passionate and energized to continue fomenting the revolution otherwise people well i'm comfortable i guess i really don't need to you know march anymore i can just focus on life no you have to buy into the whole system the whole thing and you know there's a whole history of how marxism got itself into the universities but i want to put forward kind of a an idea or a theory of why it's so prevalent you've got to think of this in in identities individualist versus collectivists sure the individualist, if he goes to college, he's more likely to leave college and go, all right, I'm doing something on my own. Or I'm, I'm going into the, the capitalist business world and I'm going to make something of myself. The collectivist is more interested in the collective determining the process forward. Well, what are structures, the pillars? Government, entertainment, schools, right? So those collectivists are more interested in 
getting back into the system because they know the system will take care of them and they can push it forward. Right. So when you get this Marxist revolutionary idea where they, they lose the word Marxist because all of a sudden they're afraid of that word. They're like, oh, I'd rather not be called that. But they go into cultural stuff, wokeism, all of that. Now, all of a sudden, they're going, ah, well, there's a struggle going on, and I want to win this struggle. Power dynamics, well, the structures are the most powerful, and the structures consolidate everybody together. So you get collectivists that move. They graduate from university, and all of a sudden, their eyes are on, well, then I should become a government employee now, or I should become a professor at the university. So you have this splitting off of the individualists, the capitalists, because what? They're, they're going out saying, I want to make money. <laughs> I don't need somebody to take care of me. I'm confident in who I am, right. right? And so what happens is more and more, it's a purifying process of the, the conservative individualist thought goes out into the world. And what remains is the progressive collectivist mindset. Truth. So over the generations, woke gets more embedded into all of this. They become an echo chamber. And all of a sudden, they're telling each other truth. the truth. Truth. You know? I know. And, and what the other thing, too, is look how, look how the world has taken discipleship. Train them in the colleges. Get them when they're young. And we'll send them out as our disciples. Yes. And, dude, they are good at it. They're very good. Because they appeal to lusts. And God crucifies our lusts. So we need to learn the same, not learn from them. They've only taken the model that Christ said. You train them up, you raise them up, then go send them. That's exactly what university has been doing for years, right? And there are those, like you said, there are those ones that are like, yeah, this is weird. Like, mm -hmm. I just want to work. And that's an innate God-given thing. But Christian, this is a plea to you. Who are you discipling right now to send out in the world? We're not supposed to learn from our pastor and go home. We're supposed to disciple ourselves and be discipled by another so that we can create other disciples. Literally, that is a command from Jesus. You want to know a command from Jesus? Go into all the world and make disciples of all nations. And if you're not doing that, oof, you know, you're, I, I, I dare say this, Mike, and I don't know if you agree with this. I dare say you're disobeying a direct command from Jesus, not discipling someone, not walking them through the processes. Yeah. You know, if, if you're doing it with your kids, praise God, right? That's, that's your disciples. Then what? Then what do we do? Right. Yeah. It's and, and a lot. I fear a lot of Christians don't disciple. And that's right. why you're seeing this culture struggle happen, because we're not discipling Christians the way we used to the way we're supposed to. I should say you know we, I mean? we've become self-sufficient, which is good. But one of the drawbacks of being self-sufficient is you're not as concerned about raising up new people of your ilk. Um, that's where the collectivists are really strong. They understand now we're a collective so we have to bring more people into the collective the individualist goes i can do it on my own strengths and weaknesses are weaknesses really that type of organization that type of buy-in of i've got to raise up disciples you know if you want to say well see jesus was a collectivist well in a way sure right but he still understood individual sovereignty, individual responsibility, right? Mm -hmm. You're you're still going They're to be held They're pickpocketing an element of him and saying yes. he was this is what I'm. That, yes. That's what we've been saying, right? Um, so how bad is it? How bad is it? Is it actually bad? So the Spectator reports in 2016, a survey carried out by Econ Journal Watch looked at the voter registration of faculty members at 40 leading uni U.S. universities in the fields of. Notice these fields: economics. History, law, psychology, and journalism communications. 
found that Democrats outnumber Republicans by an average of 11 and a half to one. In psychology, the ratio is 17.4 to one. History, 33.5 to one. This one blows me away because if you consider yourself conservative, you should be a student of history. Now, maybe it's just, you know, those conservative students of history go out and get a job. This helps explain a phenomenon identified by the French economist Thomas Piketty, whereby university graduates have drifted to the left over the past 50 years. In a paper last February, he analyzed post-electoral surveys from 1948 to 2017 and found that from the 1940s to the 1960s, the more educated voters were, the more likely they were to vote Republican. Today, the opposite is true, with 70% of those with a master's degree voting for Hillary in 2016. This is a chicken or the egg moment. Because what you'll hear progressives, Democrats say is, ah, we're more intelligent. That's why we vote Democrat. Or is it the opposite? That the, the more intelligent people are the ones who have, or quote unquote more intelligent, are more educated, but the education system is fomenting going left. So all of them are riding the wave going left. So it's not necessarily that, ah, well, you know, more intelligent people across objectively will choose leftist policies. Yeah. It could be the other way around. That's why you saw companies like MSNBC and ABC and all these guys, when the elections were happening, they would pit every like, these people against each other. Well, those who don't have a degree, those who are uneducated voted for Trump. That's what they kept saying. I was yeah. like, dude, that's pretty cruel to say they're uneducated just because they didn't go to a college. You have no idea what kind of training they have right. to do what they do. They could probably, they could probably outweld you. They could probably run a crane better than you, and they're getting paid to do it. Right. And they don't need your stupid education. Because and, and we got to quit saying they're uneducated. No, they're unindoctrinated. Ooh, I like that. Because education is turned into indoctrination centers. Right. The more that the left decries the right or the, the conservative saying we're brainwashing our kids, they're doing it, they're doing it themselves. They just have to do it. And again, the struggle, pinning against There's... you, always pointing the finger, right? And it's like when they used to say that, I was like, dude, that's freaking cruel you know, it like, is if you had a conservative say well it's, it's those who are uneducated who are voting for dude, racist oh racist gosh. right and so you see that the, the struggle that the educated the indoctrinated are the ones voting left they're destroying they have taught you left to destroy america the very things that you are prospering in right now they're teaching you to destroy it and you don't even know it we're making it better no you're not government now has taken over those things and you're not making it better they are they're, they're, they've literally trained you people to destroy the very foundations that made you prosperous. They did. And, 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 and they're succeeding yep. in a lot of ways. Now, I thank God for the power of the spirit. I don't think he's going to win. I don't think Satan has a leg to stand on. Yes, countries will fall. But this is what I'm saying. We're not like America is just the, the bastion. No, no, no. Liberty is the bastion that we're after. So if America ever falls, I don't know if it will or not. If it ever falls, my heart knows liberty. And that's what I'm going to be promoting. And I want to learn from previous mistakes of administrations and, and constitutions mm -hmm. to rewrite another constitution if we have to. That's the difference is I want people free. You want people enslaved. And I don't care what you say left. You want people enslaved because if they don't abide by your rules, you're the one who, who excludes them. Not us. Not, not the Christian. So we think homosexuality, transgenderism, all these other things are sin. Yeah. If you're idolatrous to something, that's sin. Yes. We talk about that. Absolutely. And Absolutely, that's, I do. that's the biggest point is 
it's not picking out the sin for the sin's no. sake. It's the idolatry and the identity that you place <laughs> in it, right? It, it doesn't matter what you do. If it's sin, it's sin. And we, we identify ourselves in our sin. We, we go, this is who I am. Do you see the, the, the lie that totally. Satan has pulled you into? 100%. Blinded you to is not only, hey, you're sinning, but your sin's going to be your entire identity. Yep. And here's, here's, here's the funny thing. Dude, they have literally trained you to not go after them. They say, well, you're Jesus and what you're doing, you're judging me. You're pointing out my sin. Jesus would never do that. He's loving and tolerant. What do they just do to you? They pointed out the fact that they think you're sinful, right? They've condemned to you. To their own standards. They've condemned you. And if you don't align with them, right, you're a dredge to society. And they're the ones saying that you do that as a Christian. And all you can do is what Jesus or what the Bible says in First Peter 2. This is the will of God. With good works, you put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. You just keep doing what God's called you to do. Your works through the spirit will testify against them in their deeds and people will see it. That's why martyrs of the faith were so heralded because they were hated when they were alive, but we build tombs for them when they're dead. So the Bible says for our prophets, we hated them when they were alive. We've built tombs and sepulchers for them. Now we've built little posts and my Martin Luther King was not liked when he was alive, but now we have roads built after him and all these other yeah. things. And, and I don't care where you stand with Martin Luther King. I'm saying we do this with people. And, and, and in these, these education centers and, and the left and all this other stuff, you have literally now done what you're accusing us as conservative Christians do. You judge, you condemn, you kill, you hate, you're spiteful, you're doing all that stuff, and you're calling me the bigot. And I've never done that to you. Yeah, uh, someone asked me the other day, would you, would you, would you like eat with, with a gay? Absolutely, I would. Why not? I have before. Right. Why not? I'm, look, relationships, everything, man. And you know what? The best unifier to make a relationship with someone who doesn't agree with you? Food. Food. Dude, I've had many conversations with gay people over, over coffee and a dinner table. I don't care. They're, they're, they're creations of God. They need the spirit of God in them. How are you going to win them if you don't talk to them? Of course I would, and I have. Ask my wife. It's weird, right? But like, because, you know, we're different ideologies. We're on different spectrums. It really is different <laughs> worlds that that unite in of a, course in a center spot you know in the conversations that i've had the coffees the dinners and that kind of thing like you have the, yeah, you've, yeah you've done a lot of that there there's commonality that can be brought together in all of that and the beautiful part is some of them that i've talked to they didn't like the idea that it was their identity from the political wing of the the homosexual community they're like, we don't feel a part of that because we don't want it to be our identity. And so many people are saying it needs to be your identity. You know, name sexual orientation. Yeah. How many straight people do that? Right. My identity is being straight. Right. I live straight pride, yeah. straight everything, straight this, straight that. It's like, okay, look, if you prefer that stuff, right? If it's so normal, we shouldn't even be talking about it. And you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Why is it in the discourse? It's not your identity. It's you who are after, right? You as a person. And exploring this idea, this this is just throwing this out Wokeism. there. Wokeism. But I I wonder, and this would be something you and I would have to really converse about. I wonder if the more your identity is such and such, the more likely you are to be against another identity, hate another group. The, the opposite of your so think about people who are 
very involved in black identity, it's probably they're more likely to set themselves against white people. Mm. And the opposite is true. A person who's all in about white identity is probably more likely to be against people of other identities, right? So you could hold a measuring stick. I think you could hold a measuring stick and say, okay, how deep am I in mm. my identity, right? Now, the beauty of, of Christ is my identity needs to reflect love. So all the more, if the two greatest commandments out of Christ's own mouth Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, body, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Christ also says, don't just love your neighbor, love your enemy. Mm. So now all of a sudden, my identity, the more it raises, my commands are to love my enemy, which means I cannot draw that identity distinction. I have to step over it and say, I still have to love them. How do I do that? Any worldly identity is going to pitch you more and more and more against the other. And that's where that Marxism stuff comes in, the struggle against the opposite identity. It's a wedge. Totally. It fits right in there to split people apart. So I would say however strong your passion for your own identity is, is probably a fair indicator of how much you stand against other Ooh, identities. That's exactly it. And if you're truly identified something greater than you which for us it's christ we're still working through it you know we're right. still like figuring out man we're not we need more jesus like i need him to envelop me man because there are times like we talked about earlier in the show we do um maybe you know make excuses for our behaviors right as christians you know it's like sometimes oh, yeah. we're angry we're this yeah. and we make excuses where christ never gave us the excuse to sin and we need him for repentance and to change. And we need the Holy Spirit to come in and transform us. We need more of the fruit of the Spirit. Look what we're after. We're looking after for unity in the body. You are looking for more division to create unity. I'm not. I'm not seeking that. God already did the dividing. He, there's a kingdom of darkness and there's a kingdom of light. And I know some of you will say that's bull crap. That's fine. Cool. There's a kingdom of darkness. There's a kingdom of light. Okay. Because you can see them both at work. Mm -hmm. you can see both at work you who are decrying or crying out for the kingdom of darkness why do you fight so hard against the light if it doesn't exist what you fighting for right what, what you what you fighting against the struggle the power submit to jesus and you'll you'll see that power struggle going because all of us are equal jew greek uh male female bond and free all that stuff we're all belonging to jesus now there's structures god creates but that's we're all equal under his eyes as people he created us he wants you to be in relationship with him, a covenant relationship with him. You know what I mean? And you, uh, just as a last point, you notice the blindness in that? We, we're fighting against the power, but we don't believe in that light, dark stuff, that spiritual realm. Isn't that funny that you see a power oppressing as something bad? Oh. You, out of your own mouth, are defining light and dark. You just don't like the definitions that the Christian uses. <laughs> The whole different ball game. But at the end of the day, everybody in their heart knows there's good, there's evil. Yep. So let's figure out what is actually the fruit of what you think is good and what you think is bad. The fruit is where it matters. Whew, that went. It sucks because we, we sit back here reading these things and all of a sudden we go on tangents. The tangents are good. And it's like, <laughs> right? you know, we, we, 
a lot of you guys know what wokeness is. We don't need to really talk about it. But we're seeing the effect of wokeness being taught or, or uh, in play now. He just said it. If you look at those statistics, and you know, we should actually post some of those statistics. Yep. But how many how many disciples they've turned out? That's why our voting system, our our, our elections have been this way, right? Yep. What what's telling is the Republicans thought this big red wave's coming, but it wasn't a wave. It was trickles. Because we're seeing the discipleship of the other side doing what they're doing, mm-hmm. right? And they're they're tr- they're churning little servants, man. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So we likely or in, in this event, have to do the same. <clears throat> I go to these conservative events. These little tea parties, these little, they're not even tea parties anymore, really. They're like little conservative groups. Youngest age, 50, 40. Right. We're not going after the young demographic. That's where we need to go, right? Now, thank God for like Young Americans for Liberty and all this other stuff, That th- those organizations. They're doing it, right? But us as the older people need to start reaching out to the younger people. And you know what we say? It's impossible. They don't ever want to come. How, how hard have you tried? Right. You know, and, and maybe you need to rethink how you're going after them <laughs> because, because if y'all sit in a cafe for an hour, once a month and somebody gets up and just rails against the government and sits down, it's not very enticing for a younger demographic. So maybe you need to figure out how do you improve your messaging? How do you speak their language? Yeah. You think a kid wants to hear a bunch of old people gripe about something for two hours? They're, they're, no, they teach them something. Yeah. Hey, you know, you're going to university right now. Let me show you something. Let me show yeah. you the opposite of this real quick and then get them a part of it. You yeah. know what I mean? So anyways, I hope you guys got something out of this. I'm sure we'll get plenty out of it later on. But uh, thank you so much for tuning in. We will definitely see if you're y'all woke, Friday. you're broke. That's uh, our shirt. If yes. you're woke, you broke. Yes, there you go. Get it on and sale. And if you're a conservative, you might be broke too because of inflation. But oh, because <laughs> it's woke. So, word stock up your eggs and uh, we'll see hey, you guys Friday. Yeah. Talking about in vitro? I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> All right. We love you guys. Have a great day. See y'all. I'd sell my egg.